mercies are new every morning, Lord, and Father, we're so thankful that we could serve you in a time like this, Lord. Lord, this old world is just rocking and shaking and turmoil on every hand, but Lord, we want to thank you for a resting place, a place where we can lay our thoughts and our thinking aside, and and Lord, just hold on to your word, Father, because your word has never failed one person. Lord, but you've held everyone through the ages, Lord, by your word. Lord, we're so thankful today that you're our God and you're our Savior. We appreciate you, Lord, with all of our heart. Ask, Lord, you bless this service, Father. Help us to step out of the way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Also, you can turn to Psalms 23. Just <clears throat> you to remember, me and Sister Ruth will be leaving tomorrow, heading to, into Ohio to minister there this weekend. So I just appreciate your prayers for that. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Also Psalms 23 and verse 1. says here, the Lord, I'm sure we could no doubt quote this by heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. 
Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We let you be seated today. man named Henry Ward Beecher was cited by Charles Spurgeon speaking about the Psalms 23. said that Psalms 23 has charmed more griefs to rest than all the philosophy of the world. It has remanded, reprimanded to their dungeons more thoughts, more black doubts, more thieving sorrows, than there are sands on the seashore. It has comforted the noble host of the poor. It has sung courage to the army of the disappointed. It has poured balm and consolation into the heart of the sick, the captives in dungeons, the widows in their griefs, the orphans in their loneliness. Dying soldiers have died easier as it was read to them. Ghastly hospitals have been illuminated It has visited the prisoner. It has broken his chains. And like Peter's angels led him forth and sung him back to his home again. It has made the dying Christian slave freer than his master. And has consoled those whom dying he left behind mourning. Not so much that he was gone, but because they were left behind and could not go to. What a wonderful scripture. What a comfort you can pull in times from this scripture. And as we've been speaking on casting down imaginations, you know, one thing David laid right at the beginning is the Lord is my shepherd. Is not might be or may be or could be. The Lord is my shepherd. And since the Lord is my shepherd, he will provide for me. He will take care of me. He will protect me. He will save me. He will heal me. He will deliver me. And, and looking at casting down imaginations, and we've been speaking about the greatest battle, through the, uh, taking many thoughts from the greatest uh, uh, battle ever thought or ever fought. But looking at this one part of this scripture, the fifth verse, it says, Thou hast anointed my head with oil. Now, we know David, as he was a, a king, as he would write this, but one day before, he was a shepherd. And, and the scripture speaks of him, a little shepherd boy, tending his father's sheep. And so he knew what it would, would take to take care of sheep and what they had to have and what they needed. And, and he would take this and bring it to his life as a, as a king under the, under the rulership of God. And, and, and looking at this, you anoint my head with oil. I begin to look at that and begin to think on it as what that would mean and in, in, in considered in the natural as far as to a sheep. And I found this. That would speak about in grazing time that was a prime season for all kind of bugs and insects. And this presented a serious problem for the shepherd and his sheep. It, there's a list of pests that, that's almost endless. And we know, know in Louisiana, as far as the bugs, and my goodness, it's almost endless. There's a war, warble flies and bot flies and heel flies, every kind of fly that would aggravate the sheep as they would gr- try to graze. But the most, the worst uh, kind was a type of fly. It's called the nose fly that would actually lay an egg in the mucous membrane lining of the sheep's nose. 
And when it hatched, that larva would begin to bar- burrow into the sheep's flesh, getting into the, under their skin until it would cause intense inflammation and irritation. And these par- parasites became so annoying that the sheep would beat their heads against the rocks and trees to try and find relief. And so to counteract this at the first sign of flies, the shepherd would apply this homemade remedy they had in that day of maybe some linseed oil or sulfur and tar. And and it was an ancient equivalent to insect repellent. And they they would place it upon the sheep's head. And, 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 and then, you know, as, as a sheep, a behavior of a sheep that, that, that would require the application of the oil. And, you know, that they, goat sheep, they have this tendency, you know, to be affectionate to one another and even to their shepherd. And a sheep will often rub their heads with one another in a way of saying, how you doing? You know, that kind of thing. A sheep, sheep talk. But if one sheep was infected, it can pass that infection on to the other sheep. And so knowing this danger, the sheep would, shepherd would restrain his sheep from a new field and, and they would begin to mix up this oil that they would begin to get ready. And, and, but before he would even move him to a field, he would walk up and down looking for little small holes that may be in the field. And he would take this bottle, this, thick, this bottle of thick oil from his belt and he'd rake back the long grass of the staff and he'd pour a circle of oil around each of these little holes. Now these little holes were snake holes and he would put this oil around each hole that he would find and before he would lead his sheep into the new green field he would also spread this oil over each sheep's head in the sense he was anointing them or rubbing their heads with this oil and when the snakes beneath the surface would begin to sense the presence of the sheep and attempt to maybe come out and attack, they were unable to do so because of the oil that was placed over their hole. They were unable to come out and became essentially prisoners inside their own hole. Amen. The oil on the sheep's head acts as a repellent. So the snake, if, if a snake does manage to come near, it would, the, the repellent would help even drive them away. So in the very literal sense of all of this, by oiling the snake's bur- burrow, by putting it on their heads, amen, the shepherd had prepared the table or the meadow in, uh, for the sheep to graze right in the abundance of all kind of enemies laying right beneath them. Amen. So we know, and we know in the scripture that oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we also have this same anointing that's been afforded to us in this day. Amen. And here we are in, in the worst age there's ever been, with the worst snakes there's ever been, the worst poisonous snakes there's ever been. Satan coming with his last blows, with his last breath. And God has prepared us a table to eat at, even in the presence of our own enemies. And Satan's own Eden is going to become a trap for him. Amen. For his destruction, that, that as for his demise. Amen. So, but standing between us and that old worm, the devil, amen, that tries to bore his way through many avenues of reasonings and doubts and confusions, but that anointing is standing there between us and the enemy. And it is the anointing that breaks the yoke off, the, off of our lives. Amen. This is what Isaiah was saying, Isaiah 10. 
then in verse 27, he said, It came to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of his shoulder and the yoke off of thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. Because of the anointing. I'm thankful God didn't leave us without any anointing in this age. But the Holy Spirit is still here working. Amen. The same oil of God is still in the lampstands. It's still burning. Amen. With the same fire lit by the fire of God, burning in every heart that will receive it. Amen. Burning in every life that will receive it. Amen. Amen. Burning and with a fire burning in our hearts. Now, I want you to know something in the difference between an animal and you. Amen. And we'll get into this even a little later. Amen. The, the sheep didn't have no choice. The sheep, it would have to take whatever the shepherd would give it. If the shepherd would want to come and put the oil on his head, the sheep may run for a little bit, but sooner or later it would get caught and the shepherd would have to, the sheep couldn't say yes or no. But we as humans have the ability, amen, to say yes or no. Amen, amen. And you know, Brother Tim has brought this out before with goats. You know, if he's seen a goat that was sick or, 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 was, or was sitting off to itself and wasn't doing right, he would look and check certain signs and see what it needs. And by what he saw, he'd go into the cabinet, he'd get the medicine, he'd come. I helped him many times. We'd grab the goat, didn't ask a question, didn't ask it if it felt like taking the medicine, if it wanted to take the medicine, if it don't want, if it wanted to wait tomorrow, didn't ask it one question. We grabbed it by the head, opened his mouth mouth and put it down his throat. But that's not how we as humans are. Amen. Amen. It takes the, the, the Holy Ghost can come into a building, but it's up to us to receive it. It's up to us to say, yes, Lord, I want that in my life. I want you to have preeminence on my mind, on my heart, on my thoughts. Amen. God can anoint. He can bring the anointing into the building, but it takes every heart saying, yes, Lord, I want part of that. I want you to pour it out upon my life. Amen. And so we see the Holy Holy Spirit, though, comes, amen, to stand between us and our thoughts. Amen. To stand between us and this thing, that old worm that tries to board in. Now, we see the world. Amen. The world is being bored. Amen. With every kind of demonic thing. Amen. Their minds are being taken over. They're, they're being taken over by a strong delusion. Their, their minds are insanity. And complete insanity. You see the world being taken over. Even our even our own our own country being taken over by complete insanity. Amen. And it's only going to get worse and worse as it goes along. Amen. But God has allowed us to have something in this life. Amen. The Holy Ghost that can keep you sane in an insane world. It can keep you with a reality that goes beyond the things of this life and this world that we're living in is so far beyond that. But to keep you, in, amen, to have a, have a stabilized life. Amen. To be able to be stable in the time that we're living in is a miracle. Amen. To be able to have a mind, amen, that can think straight, it can, it, can, it can move straight is a miracle in the time that we're living in. Amen. Because the world is going completely insane. Amen. Even James would talk about the oil. He said, if any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over you, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. What is this? It is a, it is a symbol of the Holy Ghost that stands between you and the sickness. We're placing it between you and the sickness. 
Hallelujah. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven you. So the Holy Spirit stands between you and the sickness. The Holy Spirit stands between you and the depression. The Holy Spirit will stand between you and the mind battles that you're going through and the things that are going on. Listen, the Holy Spirit will stand between you and you young people and the Laodicean spirit that's trying to take you over. Amen. It will stand between you. It's the same as the pitch that would go in the gopher wood and it would stand between Noah and the flood. Amen. This is what we're talking about. Amen. These imaginations and things that, and the devil trying to pump in our minds day after day, moment after moment, and we see it taking over a world. Amen. Listen, you see the gay agenda and where it is today and where it was even 20 years ago or 50 years ago when it was just coming out of the closet and now it's more of an accepted thing. What is it? It's a bore, a worm born into minds to where it's become an accepted thing. That's what happened with women dressing like men. It became such an accepted thing. Today you can go down there and you don't think nothing about it. A woman can look like a man, and you don't hardly think nothing about it. And now vice versa, we see now men are starting to go like women, and we're like, ah. It won't be long that bore is going to get in there to where it won't be nothing different. Amen. Amen. But there is a pitch that will stand between you and the judgment. Oh, hallelujah. There's an atonement that'll stand between you and the judgment, just like it did Noah. Amen. The pitch that was in the gopher wood in the ark was to keep out or to atone the believer from the wrath. There's a people that's atoned from the wrath. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Noah could not get to the wrath and the wrath could not get to Noah. He could not come into the judgment because there was an atonement between him and the judgment. And the judgment was the water, amen, as it stood out, so they are. And therefore, also the believer in Christ is also safely secured. Amen. Not upon our merits, but on the obedience that I'm walking into the ark. I'm getting under the Holy Ghost. I'm getting under the token of God. Whatever it takes, I'm going to die out to my old nature. I'm going to take the nature of a sheep and say, yes, shepherd, I'll take what you got. Hallelujah. Listen, the world's taking what the devil's got. Why can't we take what God's got? The only thing Noah had to do was get into the ark. He didn't even have to shut the door. God did that. Walk in. That's all the believer does. Walk by faith in Christ. God takes care of the rest. Ooh, hallelujah. God takes care of the rest. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into the judgment, but pass from death unto life. Oh, and safe forevermore. Let judgment rock her if it wants to. He said, why? I imagine sometime the ark was standing on his end. Felt like it was upside down. Everything else was going on. That's kind of how 2020s felt. Amen. Up on its ends, felt like it's upside down and everything else. But Noah was safe. Why? Because there was something that was planned already for the water. There was something greater than the water. 
It proved to be greater than the water because 40 days later, he got out on dry ground. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So with this Holy Ghost proved to be greater than anything the devil can bring up. Greater than any sickness he can bring up. Greater than any problems he can bring up. This Holy Ghost will prove to be greater. It's proved it. And so therefore, the pitch stood between him and the judgment. Oh my, aren't you glad you got somebody standing between you and the judgment? Woo, Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, stands between us and all the judgment. You know, every man coming to this world is born in sin, shaped in iniquity, coming to this world speaking lies, undone, unlovely, ungodly, away from God, alienated, without hope, without Christ, dying, going to a sinner's grave, ready for judgment. I, under, I, I know, I've spoke to some, brother, brother L being one. You know, you, you come out of the world and you come to a church like this and you think, man, these people have always been holy. No, we ain't always been holy. No, every one of us had faults, had failures, just heard about everyone's born in sin, shaped in iniquity, came into this world speaking lies, unlovely, ungodly, alienated, without hope, going to a sinner's grave. But then... The word comes along. Woo! Hallelujah. Sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts down a tree and it hews it out. And it cuts off them stickers and all those thorns. and cuts the best part out of it. It's pliable. That, and it's now put into the hands of Christ. And he takes another tree and he puts it under a fire. And he begins to boil the sap out of it. And he takes the life out of that tree and puts it in this tree. Hallelujah. That's exactly what the ark represented. The wood represented humanity that was full of holes. Been bored through after bored with this mind battle and bored through with this problem and bored through with this thing and this sin come and blow the hole in it. But there was a tree that was greater than the hole, that was greater than the damage. And I'm here to tell you this God has not found one that's unrepairable. That he can't do something with. If it had his name before the foundation of the world, no matter how many holes the devil has bored into their mind, bored into their body, this God is greater. Hallelujah. And that life from that tree is poured into another tree to protect it, to protect it, to make an atonement. To make it, amen, through the judgment, through the things. He said, a man just says, well, I believe the word. I'll just take this. Without the blood, you're left to the world. Hello, somebody. You that don't believe in blood, he said, without the blood, you're left to the world. No matter how much you're in the ark, how much ark or what board you are, you've got to get pitched. You got to soak it up. Woo, glory to God. You got to soak up the Holy Ghost and keep the world out. Hallelujah. You know, we could see a tree that was cut down and it was beaten until all the liquid come out of it, water, blood, and spirit, so that we could be sealed to win to the first mind battle to the first sorrow, for, to the first lost, to the first, no, to the day of our redemption. Yes, 
which is our full redemption, the change of our body. Amen. This Holy Ghost is not, not something that's not, this is just about to lose steam here. No, it's just a seal. And he put his own name behind that seal. And he said, devils, come on and do what you got to do. You're not going to break this seal. Amen. So that he could stand, so we could stand the test. You know, the next, the next ark that we spoke of was Moses put into a little basket on, on, on the Nile River. Amen. Provided by his mother, the one who gave him birth. Not some seminary, not some theological experience, but the one who gives the believer birth. Prepares the ark for him to carry him through. So she weaved it with her little stalks, you know, little corn stalks or whatever they had there. And she built this ark, but then she took some pitch and she put it all the way around it, slimed it inside and out. Amen. And make an atonement. And that little baby Moses was laying in that basket and he pushed it out into the judgment of the waters. Amen. Thickness into the waters. It says it always means thickness and multitudes of people. And the little fellow out there, little cover over his face out on the Nile River, you know, running real swift, alligators on every side, rains and storms coming, but little Moses looking up at the stars in the sky at night and the wind blowing, the crocodiles bumping his basket, but he was still just as safe and just as protected because between him and the judgment was an atonement. Between him and all the gales and the heavenly winds, the devil could sin was an atonement. Hallelujah. Amen. Between you and year 2020 is an atonement. Between you and whatever years we got is an atonement. And he floated right through it. He said, we could look just a moment with some different eyes. We'd see the Holy Spirit hovering over that little basket. We could see angels of God sitting there down, the, down each shore with their swords drawn. No, there wasn't nothing going to touch that basket. No, I can see the devil trying to sink it. Wasn't nothing going to get to it. We can look back at Noah again. Noah could just be in there singing, Jesus, keep me near the cross. And all outside, all the devils in hell couldn't take it because it was built according to God's instructions. There was an atonement standing between him and judgment and mercy. And though, therefore, every believer today, no matter how hard it may seem, how hard life may seem. Did you hear that? No matter how hard life may seem, as long as you're in Christ Jesus. How many is in Christ Jesus? There's nothing present, nothing future. Oh, Hallelujah. Amen, can reach your soul and separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The devil can turn every gate in hell loose on you. But God's atonement is standing between you and every gate. And you will float every wave. You'll go down through every alligator bed. Mm, 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 mm. Hallelujah. Amen. It was the same pillar of fire. It was the same Holy Ghost. It was the same anointing that we're talking about tonight that stood between Israel and the Egyptians. Amen. Just as it kept Noah and it kept Moses and now here they come and they're right there, right there going towards the promised land and here's the Red Sea and all of a sudden the enemy's behind them. We know the story and we're in there and they're surrounded before they know it. They're surrounded on every side and there's no place to go but seemingly die. 
The only thing left is to die. And they begin to scream out, Moses, why'd you bring us from Egypt? Just to die? But yet God was preparing something. Too many times we get caught up in all the circumstance around us, not realizing God's preparing something. We, many, many of us got caught up in the year 2020 and how bad it is. And it's not getting... And God's preparing something. <laughs> He's preparing a going away. So don't get caught up in the surroundings of the going away. Get caught up in the going away. Don't get caught up in the demons around the going away. Get caught up in the going away. Don't get caught up in the alligators and the flood and the, and the tumultuous waves and all that bashing against the boat. Listen, he, 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 Brother Branham already said it back in, I forget what year it was. I can bring you the quote. He said, the stabilizers are already on the ship. He said, she's going to crest every wave. Well, that's good enough for me. Whatever 2020's got, we're going through it. Oh, 21, whatever year we got left, we're going through it. Amen. It's a seal that's going to hold to the body change. Amen. When trouble begins to face you, sickness on every hand, trouble, the angel of God will come and stand between you and the sickness. Hallelujah. Praise God. And stand there in a way. In what way? How is he standing there? He's standing there in a way challenging you to take God at his word. Take God at his word. God had given Israel the promise that they was going to the land. Hello, Israel. He's given us the promise. We're going to the land. So don't get caught up in the Red Sea. Don't get caught up in the desert and the times of life and the things around you. We're going to a land. The angel of the Lord will come and stand between you and that sickness. I know we haven't got Brother Ron's reports back, but I... I believe that the doctor, I know what God's report is, but I believe the doctor's reports are lining up. Hallelujah, because there's an angel to stand between him and the sickness. Hallelujah, just as it stood for Sister Alana that now celebrating another birthday, the doctors were looking at a death sentence, but an angel stood between her and the sickness. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Brown was saying another place about the angel standing there. He said, now, you can walk to that sickness if you want to. Mercy. I don't want to. But this past Sunday, and I'm just going to tell this. I don't got permission, but I'm just going to tell it anyway. Brother, J- J- Brother Jason Jackson was preaching at Brother Ron Spencer's. And he had, had on his heart to pray for Brother Ron because of Brother Ron going to his test this, just this week. And, and he just had kind of went there as a surprise. And, and he just really had been burdened. Pray. He asked me several times, pray for me that the Lord would just, you know, work this out or whatever. I, just, I want the Lord's will, but I feel to pray for him. And Sunday morning, he's about to come out to preach. And Brother Ron walks back into the back and he says, he says uh, I'm coming up this morning to be prayed for. He said, uh, 
He says, the angel of the Lord's in the building. I just saw him. And so Brother Jason begins to preach, and he's a, a few, 30, 40, whatever minutes into a sermon. He said things begin to change, and he, he just went all completely off his notes, and I understand he just turned his iPad and just began to preach off, and he just began to preach. And, and he said, he's just going down, and all of a sudden something changed. And he said, the angel of the Lord is here. And he said, it was just like a holy hush just fell over the building. And he walked down the aisle, and he said, and he's going down every pew. And he's touching every heart. Well, you know, Sunday, Brother Tim told about those that had just given their heart to the Lord, those professors. Well, one of them happened to be streaming that morning, just giving his heart to the Lord about three weeks ago. And he, and he sent a text right after the service was over. And he said, when Brother, Brother Jason was talking about the angel of the Lord, he said, I saw the same pillar of fire that held, hung over Brother Branham's head. And he said it went down every row and there wasn't a row left out. Oh, may that be this kind of service tonight. I believe we can have those kind of services. Amen. Well, there's not a row, not a pew, not a heart, not a person left out. But God, come and touch every life. There is an angel to stand between you and that problem. But here come Pharaoh and all his men to try to destroy them. Understand this. When the enemy comes, it don't go unnoticed by God. He saw him coming before he got there. Matter of fact, he arranged it for him to come. He moved on his heart to come. He hardened Pharaoh's heart to bring him down there. They began to come up with this idea that they was lost and they was entangled in the wilderness. and We're just going to go down there. We're going to just destroy them. And he hardens his heart, bringing him right to his own death, to his own trap. And the angel of the Lord who was there to carry them to the promise rose up from the camp and stood between them and the the danger and he still does that. He still does that. He will make the way. He will make the way for every sick person sitting here right now. He's already made the way. He's standing between you and the trouble. Oh, hallelujah. He's standing between you and the cancer, you and the sugar diabetes, you and the high blood pressure. He's standing between you and the anxiety. He's standing between you. You can go if you want to, but you don't have to. And he said, I know he's here right now. The same angel of God is in this building right now. You say, how do you know that? Because his word declares it to be thus. Just what he did then, he is doing now and always be the same. The angel of God moving up to stand between us and the sickness, stand between us and death. No wonder David could say very surely, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You know, in our life, there's always a shadow of death hanging over us. Our bodies are going down into death. Things happen in our life every day, and situations arise, and it's always got that shadow that, that in the background of death. 
But David said, even in that, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Don't forget who's with you. Standing there, the angel of God went and stood between them and the enemy. And the angel of God is standing tonight between every individual and the enemy. How many individuals we got here tonight? Every individual and the enemy. I know what I'm speaking about. I know while standing here, amen, on the platform before you tonight, I know that God has condescended coming down from glory. It's in the building right now. If you only dare to move out on God's word and see if he don't move before you now, it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the Israelites, and he's becoming between you and your problem. Oh, hallelujah. If that's the case, your problem don't have a chance. Your sickness don't have a chance. Glory to God. Pharaoh didn't have a chance. Even when the odds looked like it was in his favor, he had all the horses, he had all the chariots, he had all the armor, he had all the weapons, he had it all, but he didn't have God. He was a light to one and darkness to another. The Israelites, after Moses prayed, they could lay down in peace. Notice, all night the Egyptians could not enter the camp of Israel. The darkest of nights, the enemy still could not come in. (laughs) We see that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and And the Lord caused the sea to go back a strong east wind blew all night, the scripture says. And and the children of Israel went across the ground on dry ground. But if you'll notice, while the children of Israel had come out of darkness and accepted light, when they got in trouble, the light turned around for their defense. And they slept in peace while God was making a way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? My shepherd's with me. Hallelujah. God promised to make a way of escape. And he was working on it while they rested. He was making a way while they was resting in the promise. While they was holding on to, I am the Lord God that heals all my diseases. He was making a way. He was moving aside demons and fighting devils and pushing them back and saying, no, that's my son. That's my daughter. You can't go there. He said, I'm so glad that I've been filled with the Holy Spirit And while we're rejoicing, while we're resting in the promises of God, God is making a way of escape. So thereby, you can cast down the imaginations. You can try to figure out how it's all going to come to pass and who's going to be what. It's nothing but imaginations. God's got a plan, and God's going to bring it to fulfillment, but God's working on our escape. He's provided, he's making it just perfect. Then in the darkness of a night, a thief can come in. 
And people don't even know why, because they can't see. And she's gone. He said, every man, woman, that will accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, while you're asleep, while you're rested, maybe you're crippled, maybe you're blind, maybe you can't hear, maybe you can't see, maybe you're sick, heart trouble, cancer, something, dying, accept the light and rest. And the same wind that opened the Red Sea was the same wind that came down on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And we'll move down through and open, and it came down on the day of Pentecost. It'll also move down through your way and open a way for you. And you'll pass right through the valley of sickness, right back to the land of health again. You'll pass right through the land of cold, formal, shackled down in different religions, back to the Holy Ghost filled, happy, rejoicing, heart full of joy, life again. God, the great Holy Spirit, standing here tonight between death and life. Standing between sickness and health. Right now, the same Holy Spirit that you feel now, every born-again person bound to feel the Spirit of God. You can't help it if you got life in you. You know what it is. But Jeremiah would ask the question, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why? Why? Then not is the health of the daughter of my people recovered. There was balm there. There was the great physician there. But they was not recovered because they would not accept him. He would move and he would come. He would, he would anoint a service. He would do things. And they would just sit there like nothing's going on. Nothing is happening. We, we ought not be like the world and act like nothing is going on. They act like, they, you know, the world is acting like, well, it's just another election. Another time of, you know, whoever's stealing this, do it, blah, blah, blah. Just, 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 just another day. Meanwhile, we're sitting over here looking and saying, no, things are putting and being put in place. Things are taking place. God is moving. God is orchestrating. It's for our going away party. So therefore, in the world, let's bring it down to our church. Let's don't ever sit in a church service like nothing is going on. Like nothing is happening. And we're wondering, why? Why Why is my children still suffering? Why am I, why am I son still not saved? Why, why is this going? Why am I still having this trouble? Because the great physician's here. The bomb is here. But do you know the problem is we've got too many with goat natures. Stubborn humanity. Always worried about, you know, something different. Their minds are all somewhere else. And meanwhile, God's walking down the aisles and not one row is left out. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Not one row is left out. Well, I didn't get nothing out of that service. But did you see him walk by? And when you seen him walk by, did you reach out and say, Lord, I need you? Amen. And cast down the imaginations and, and the things that are around you. Amen. We must take the remedy. Amen. 
and churches are crying out, why? Why do we don't have no young people? Why? Why is it just older folks? Why? Because they refuse the remedy. Brother Brandon, we preach that and why? Go listen to it. Wonderful service. He said, why are people dying in the pews? Hey, let's not fool ourselves. It happens at Evening Light Tabernacle too. People die right in the pews. Why? When the remedy is there. But why is it they refuse it? It's like I was saying earlier, we can't, the, pa- the pastor, you know, people get upset at the pastor because he don't, he don't preach this enough and he don't preach that enough and he don't line up to their legalism. But anyway, you know, he got, he got to preach the dress code and he got to really hammer on this and he really got to hammer on that. And meanwhile, I've been to a pastor's church and I know preaches a clothesline religion, but yet their sisters are dressed not, not according to that, just to put it lightly. But you know, the man preaches it. I've heard him preach it. But why are they like that? Because they won't accept the remedy. Too much for them to swallow. Their pride stands in the way. Their arrogance stands in the way. I have you to know I can do what I want. Yeah, you can do what you want to do. All day long. Congratulations, you live in the U.S. You're free to do whatever you want to do. As a human. But as a son of God. You lay them all down as a sheep. Say, Lord, you're my shepherd. There's a whole world being led somewhere. Amen. But I want this shepherd to lead me. I want the good shepherd to lead me. Whatever I got to do, if I got to lay aside every right, every pride, everything. He said, that's the reason why there's no cure for sin in people's life. Because they won't take the remedy. They refuse the toxin. They refuse, amen, to take what God has ordained to give. The Holy Ghost, amen, to be completely separated, amen, from their sins. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician? What's the matter with the daughter of my people that they can't believe in divine healing no more? We've got message churches that don't believe in that no more. What's the matter with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Did they quit teaching it? People still getting it? What's going on? He said, what are you trying to do, Brother Branham? He said, I'm trying to shake faith into a people that they'll realize, is there no bomb in Gilead? He said, the reason they dodged the issue is they're afraid of the new birth. Oh, well, you know, we Americans, we're stylish, you know, and we got to have a certain style, and we, we don't want to be them old fogies. Well, them old fogies are going in a rapture. We don't want to be thought of as out of date. <laughs> we got to have the, you know, you know, You know, if it ain't enough that we can't put paint on ourselves, we got filters that'll do it. Hello, somebody. Well, I have you know, I don't wear makeup. Well, you can't fool me with your Facebook post. We got filters that'll put it on you. Cake it on you. Why? Why are we here? Why, why, is, why is these bugs in your ears? 
Why are they boring into your brain? And they're robbing you of things, God, God giving things to you. The Holy Ghost, the greatest gift God could ever give a person. People are being robbed. Why? They refuse to take the remedy. We we, we just want to be like so-and-so. The Joneses is... That's just an American expression, you know, the John Doe's, the Joneses. We got to be so classy, you know. We're afraid of the new birth. You know, he said he talks about one time there was a man, boy from a certain church, he said, I used to belong to. He said, Billy, you know what? He said, I was enjoying your message so much until a woman got back there, began to scream and cry. And all of a sudden, a lot of them people started crying. I said, oh, that, that excited you? He said, why? I couldn't hear what you were saying no more. It was all right up to that time. I said, oh, she was just rejoicing. He said, oh, that, that just made chills run up my back. I said, brother, if you ever get to heaven, let's ask, are you asking why? Let's ask if. If you ever get to heaven, <laughs> if you ever get to heaven, you'll freeze slap to death. Because let me tell you, Because even the angels in heaven is screaming with wings over their faces and over their feet day and night. Holy, holy unto the Lord. Holy, holy unto the Lord. You're living in the quietest world you ever lived in. And if you go to hell, they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And to be honest, you may not hear anybody else because of your own weeping and gnashing. Amen. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you go to heaven, it'll be glory. Hallelujah. Day and night. This is the quietest place you ever lived. Glory. (laughs) He said he happened to play on this Colgate baseball team. He said, well, I don't know. They, They don't do that in my church. I said, well, I hope you don't think yours is the pattern. Check, Mike. I hope you don't think yours is the pattern. That's a prophet of God telling some of you message churches that I hope you don't think yours is the pattern. Well, I have you to know we don't do like those people that even like Tabernacle do. They run around, they shout, they dance. Well, you know why? Because we know what the grace of God has done to our lives. And we don't have those same worms in our brains. Born in, we've been anointed. Hallelujah. He said, well, I, I, I don't look much more like a Christian to me when the minister says speaking to do those kind of things. I said, you know what? That encourages me. Hear, hear them say amen means so be it. He said, I used to have this old dog and he'd take anything, take to anything but a skunk. I'd get him to a tree and a brush pile. Only thing I had to do was get him to get on that skunk and I'd say, sick him. I'd get this old skunk under a brush pile and old Fritz would stand there and look at me. One thing I'd do is get him back in that pile. Say, he'd say, Master, please don't send me back in there. i said, say, get him back in there, boy. Sick him. Go at him. Get him. Get him. Get him. He said, the devil is the biggest skunk I know of. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Amen. The devil is the biggest skunk I know of. So let's not have a service that we ain't telling the man of God, get him, boy. There that devil is. 
I don't know. I never forget being in a church over there in North Carolina or South Carolina, one of them places. And then I was just preaching along. I don't even remember what thought I was on. All of a sudden, the brother couldn't handle it more. He was translating to somebody sitting. He couldn't stand it no more. He stood up. He said, there that devil is, brother. Get him a while. <laughs> Amen. It's time we get that devil a while. Why is our children where they're in the condition they are? Why is our children posting things on Facebook like they are? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why is Laodicea coming in more and more? Why? Get him a while. Get that devil a while. Grab him and shake him a bit and say, no, you can't have that child of God. Hallelujah. He's a skunk. He's a rat. Listen. There ain't a person in this building would let a skunk live in your house. You would not let that skunk walk in your front door. You'd be screaming and hollering, but you'll let the devil walk right through and have time in your house. It's time to get the skunk out of there. And say, devil, you've been in my house long enough. You've been in my children long enough. I'm placing the blood over my house, over my children, over my loved ones. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time we quit letting the devil run ramshot over the house of God, over the people of God, but we stand up for our God-given rights and let the devil know what he is. You're a skunk. You stink. And he says, when you see the preachers got him treed, it ain't the time to back off. Ain't the time to say, well, what time is that? I'm so hungry. No, you got a skunk treat. The worst skunk of any kind of skunk. A devil that'll take your joy, take your happiness, take your peace, take everything from you, take it all. Robber, thief, skunk. And we see the preacher's got him treated and we're going to back. No, no, let's go forward. Amen. He said, see, he's, he's talking to that same guy. He said, look, he said, I, I heard the other night when old Charles Nolan knocked a home run. He said, I, I live about five, five blocks from the park, never heard so much noise in all my life. He said, oh, Billy, you ought to have been there. You ought to have been there. There was three men on base. It was a grand slam. You know what happened? That's all, that's all that happened. I mean, nobody even won a million dollars. They spent money. <laughs> Good lands now. Spend hundreds of monies. <laughs> Woo! And they get crazy and they act all kind of nuts because. <whistles> Woo! Never heard such much noise in all my life. Oh, Billy, you ought to have been there. He knocked a home run. Man, I tell you, you ought to have seen him when he come running around third, went in the home plate. I said, you unholy rollers down there made it where I couldn't even sleep. He said, if you want to call me a holy roller, that means you're an unholy roller. Get him. He stinks. 
You would be a poor baseball fiend sitting there saying, oh, yeah, I see it's a home run. You say you wouldn't be very much enthused. You, you knock straw hats down over everybody's head. You're slapping one another, shaking, carrying on. And I said, when a preacher gets in the pulpit and hits one of them home runs like that, and you see them saints get up and holler because why? Heaven is open and the glory spout of God is pouring down. I see it. I see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see the king's highway. Oh, it's strange how they miss that. He said, why? They're afraid of the new birth. The reason why they're afraid is because the new birth, as any birth, is a mess. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that when that oil got poured over that sheep's head, it wasn't real pretty. It wasn't, you know, the, wasn't like putting a little bonnet on his head. And, Go little sheepy out to the... No. It was dripping all over it. Tar, it said tar, linseed oil. None of them things I'd really like to be poured on my head. Matted all up. Smelled. A birth is a mess. If it's in a pig pen, in the barnyard, in the decorated hospital room, it's a mess. And the new birth is too. Where in the world? Okay, now let's ask the question. Why is people saying they got the Holy Ghost and still living in adultery and still living in all kinds of things? Because we got some people, as we could read, got in there and messed with the prescription. So just believe and you'll, you'll get there. It's called, it's called growing into token life. You got the Holy Ghost. You just need to grow. Nonsense. New birth. Kick the trash out. Get serious with God. Say, I'm coming all the way or I ain't coming at all. I'm going all the way with Jesus. He said, it'll make you squall. It'll make you bawl. It'll make you cry enough to wash the paint off your face. Oh, yeah. It'll do things for you that you didn't think you'd do. (laughs) You'll carry on like you never thought you could do. It's a mess. And you know, before you can be born, you have to die. And some people have a hard time dying. This is a prophet of God. They kick, they bawl, they scream, they carry on, but unless a corn of wheat falls in the ground, amen, it bides alone. If you want to bring forth fruit, you got to die to yourself. You got to die to your man made theologies. You got to die to your reasonings. You got to die to your imaginations. You got to die to it all and be born again of the Spirit of God. Get rid of that old spirit of selfishness. Get rid of that old spirit of dryness that's in you and take on new life. Oh, hallelujah. It's messy, but it's worth it. Mm, Hallelujah. How do you get medicine? You know, we got this big deal now with this vaccine coming out. You know how they figure it out, try to figure out if it's going to work? They take maybe, a, we call it a guinea pig, but a guinea pig might be a rat, mouse, any kind of thing they poke it into to see if it might work. And if he survives it, then they'll try it on you. Yes. <laughs> but everybody ain't made like a guinea pig. Everybody ain't made like a rat. Sometimes the medicine will kill you. 
there's been about as many killed, he said, with penicillin that have been healed. Everybody ain't made alike. It'll help some, but it'll kill others because all men ain't made like guinea pigs. But you know, it'll keep help some and it'll kill others. But there's one thing for sure. God's toxin will hurt no one but cure all. That's right. It'll hurt no one but, ki- but heal all. It heals all the brokenhearted. It heals all those that are downcast. It'll heal you. It'll heal your neighbor. It won't kill you. But it will heal you. You can take a little washwoman that's so backward, she can't even talk to the insurance man that comes to the door, but let her get filled with the Holy Ghost. She'll give a testimony to shake the shingles off the top of the house. She got something now in her, born of the Spirit of God. You take the ordinariest, uh, orniest, uh, orni- ordinary, I don't know how you say that word, prostitute that ever walked in the street out there. The dog wouldn't ever look at her. Let her come in and get cleaned up from God. She'll be credit to any neighborhood or church. That's the toxin we're talking about. They give it to a little guinea pig, but you know what God did? He took his toxin and he gave it to himself. He said, let me try it myself to see whether it works. And he went down to the River Jordan. He took a d- dose of that toxin. And immediately the spirit led him to the wilderness to be t- tempted of the devil. And it held him. Yes. Through every mind battle, through every temptation, through every struggle, through every problem. And it held. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. In the Garden of Gethsemane, could you imagine the mind battles? Could you imagine the imaginations? What are the Romans going to do to me? What am I going to have to suffer? How bad is it going to be? Such anxiety until blood began to come out of his pores. Praying, agonizing. God, let this cup pass from me. Come down right to the very moment. Not my will, but thy will be done. It held. And that's what it'll do to every Christian when you come down to something. Not my will, Lord. That's a direct sign of the Holy Ghost. Not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. We could go down through all the, all the disciples as they would give their lives. Paul, Peter, all of those down through there. It held, it held, it held, it held, it held. And the only way it won't hold is if somebody gets in there and messes with the prescription. But if they'll go back to the original, it'll hold. It'll hold in your worst mind battle. Brother Branham had it. His wife had just died and his daughter was passing away. And he said, a black sheet come down. And the devil was in his ear. He said he'd come and sat on his shoulder. That means in his ear. Right there. Trying to bore his way in there. Oh, you mean all you did for God? All the meetings you've held? All the, look what you've given up. And he's turning his back on you. What are you going to do? Brother Brown said, I was just about to say. He said, all of a sudden, something deep down. said, though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. It held. 
this Holy Ghost a hold. It's going to hold to the body change. Let's bow our heads. He took it himself. He's not trying to put something on you that he don't trust. He's putting something on you that he knows will work. It'll hold. I wonder today how many would say, Lord, I want to accept you as my shepherd. I need you as my shepherd, Lord. Lead me. Guide me. Maybe somebody can look at their own house and say, you know, there's a skunk there. Forgive me, Lord, for allowing that skunk into my life. Help me move it. Let me, let me just yield to you, Lord, and move that thing out. Yes, Jesus. He's here to touch hearts and lives. He's here to meet your needs. He's here to come and He's here to come and touch you. As He did those up in the upper room. And it held. It'll hold you. It'll hold you. Say, Brother Timothy, I'm, I'm having some terrible mind battles. Give it all to Jesus. Say, God, I can't handle it. You say, well, I don't know about God healing somebody that's out of their mind. Well, I believe God can. And I believe God will. He did it to the insane man that was out in the graveyard. And he went and called him by name. He's here to call others by name, to reveal himself to you. I wonder how many would just be honest with God and say, Lord, I, I need more of you in my life. I, I want to surrender more to you, Father. I want to come closer to you, Lord. I see the times is winding up. I, I see the darkness is getting darker. I, I see all the things that are taking place, Lord. You know, these altars are always open. If you need something to hold, I know a place where you can find it. You can find it in here. any row come down every heart give each heart a chance
I'm not afraid. 